0: talk about to you. Yeah.
1: Welcome to another edition of Communication Mixdown. I'm Reema Rattan. Today's show is about prison abolition. Every year during NADOC Week, 3CR airs a week of shows featuring the voices of incarcerated First Nations peoples in a programme called Beyond the Bars. Because of the pandemic, NADOC Week has been postponed to November this year, but 3CR has reached out to the First Nations men and women in Victorian prisons anyway to facilitate their voices and show them they are not forgotten. The station's indigenous broadcasters have been making recordings over the phone and started airing them from midday today. They will continue to do so over the coming week. For this show, I have mined the recordings from the 2019 Beyond the Bars series for articulations of how the criminal justice system fails to address systemic problems, criminalising and exploiting both trauma and labour to create the illusion that society is safer if we lock people up. Activists in the US have been calling for prison abolition for decades now And what you're about to hear is why, if prison is the answer, we're asking the wrong question. What you're about to hear is divided into four threads to illustrate some of what people who are talking about prison abolition are trying to address, in the words of imprisoned First Nations people. This is why we need to divest from policing and prisons. These are the voices that need to inform our discourse about social safety. Our first thread illustrates the history of racism endured by First Nations people in Australia and how racial stereotypes affect people and feed into their criminalisation.
2: I'm Aunty Heather. I'm proud Wiradjuri. Been doing a lot for NADOC. Happy NADOC to the community. I've got, I think, seven or eight paintings in NADOC this year. Uh, one of my paintings is on the NADOC t-shirt this year. The one on the t-shirt is my face and the land and just oh, so it's a self
3: portrait, it's a like self portrait bringing Mother Earth into yes,
2: yeah, exactly what it is. Yes. And um, I, I was I was grown up uh white, yes, and
3: I've done a lot of uh
2: work with my find my mob in New South Wales, yeah.
3: Now that's funny, um, just for people listening, what do you mean by grown up white?
2: Well, um, back in the old days, my great grandmother, um, my grandmother had to leave the Cowra Mission um, because of the half-caste
3: law. Yes. Now, let's talk about this half-caste law. What is that? It's where um, black women and white
2: men um, basically had children
4: Mm
5: -hmm.
2: and the government kicked the half-caste children off the missions and declared them non-Aboriginal.
3: Yeah, now that's really funny because we're the only people in the world who are called half-caste. Like, people don't say half-caste Irish or half-caste Scottish or half-caste Brazilian. They're, they're, they just sort of call us half-caste. And it isn't right, is it? No, it's not right. No. It's not right. because they There's do. a way to wipe us out. Yes. Yeah, yeah half-caste, quarter-caste, yeah. 18th, 16th, you know. It's funny that. So... Um, from all that, you've grown up white, but who are you? I'm black fella. Brr. Yeah. See, and where are you from? I'm even sister? too black
2: for my family.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, that's, that's right, and it's really, it's really important because we were never allowed, and our ancestors were never allowed to talk our language, talk about us being black. But now we've come to a point where we can. Yeah. And it's really important. It must have um, played around a lot in your head growing up.
2: Yeah, because I always knew in my heart. Always knew, I'd um, always hang around black fellas, mm-hmm. even though my father would get very angry. Yeah. Um, until I left home, I left home at twelve, and I travelled. Um, I spent most of my time in Marutma, Shepparton, with all the Yorta Yorta mob, uh, travelling up to Bowen tomato picking and down to Young cherry picking, and with all the Saunders and the Cashins and the Charles. Um, then I've done. 20 years in Melbourne and yeah. I hang around with all the Preston, Reservoir mob. Um, hello to Candy. <laughs> Candy, Duane, everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss you all. I really do. You don't know what you've got till you miss it. and Yeah.
6: Um, no, I'm half Tongan, half Aboriginal. grew up pretty much Tongan and then, as sad as it is, um, I learned more about my Koori heritage in juvenile centres and prison. So, Started reconnecting and all that kind of stuff and Josh, um to my right is right, like this kind of stuff it empowers us to hang out more in the yard and like it's good for us, so I know yeah, he's on onto something. Yeah, and I'm also related to Coach Airports. Okay. We've got bragging rights. Every time you come, like, I've been in, like you always have those few brother boys that like real solid in their culture like you know i grew up tongan and kind of like embarrassed about my original side but when i started coming into jails and that i was still a bit embarrassed by it but you know kind of just sucked it up and you know this is me and if you don't like me you can blow off you know yeah yeah so
7: so what was the embarrassing part for you (laughs)
6: uh you know just being put into that picture where you know an aboriginal was an alcoholic drunk violent rugged so don't know,
7: identify as that because that means that's what i am
6: yeah like it just yeah i always thought like that but you know it's not it's like it took me a couple of years just to see other sides of you know in the community especially like um when i was in um bunjawara that rehab center up in hastings Morning Peninsula there, culture system around there is oh, it's bloody awesome, like, the amount of stuff they do around there, it's invigorating, I guess.
7: Yeah, it sounds like culture's really important to you.
6: Yeah, because Tongan culture is real big as well, but it's just Christianity pretty much, like, you know, and, like, we put our own twist to it, but, you know, to actually learn about a different culture that actually has culture, like, you know, yeah. Oh,
7: it's, very spiritual,
6: isn't it? Yeah, it's empowering, like really empowering, like you could probably go do ten backflips after you have a conversation about it.
1: This second section is about family and the intergenerational trauma that plays into the criminalisation of First Nations people and the family disconnection that prison causes, continuing the arc that starts with dispossession and genocides and fragments families and connections to land. When,
8: when you get the phone call that someone's passed away or the whispers start in here, how do you go about confirming that? And um, then how do you go about dealing with that sorrow from the inside? So family
9: members usually ring up on in. Um, emails and that there or phone calls from family members. Um, and it's pretty hard, I guess. This is the first time I've um, been locked up and it's someone so close and... Um, yeah, I just lost my dad at the start of the year and um, a couple of weeks ago
8: lost one of the sister girls. Um, Were you inside when you lost dad? Yeah. How did you get to go to the funeral?
9: Yeah, so um, it was a bit funny because I was living in the unit with my um, older sister um, and my other sister was out in the other unit and our cousin just passed away, Roro, and we had that news and then he... My dad was well, and then he went to the funeral, and then couple—not even a couple of weeks later. Yeah.
8: And how do you get organised to get outside to go to the funerals? Is, do you have to have a really good? What am trying to say? Do you have to have a good-looking record to be able to get out to a funeral? Not
9: necessarily. Um, with the help from Annie Lynn, um, she does her bit, um, and then. The family axes, so Only sends off to the family, put in for it. So everyone can put in for it, but it's not saying that we're gonna get accepted from it to go to it. And it's not about behaviour or, or sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but Are you cuffed? Yeah.
8: You throw um how you how you hide do you hide them cuffs? Do you try to hide it from your family when you're at the funeral?
9: At my father's funeral? Mm. No. Nah. It was hard because I couldn't cuddle all my family since and um I'm the. Six youngest from a big family, from 13, 14 kids, so it was pretty hard to, you know, be there for my. Um
8: You're right, sis. We know um, for listeners who, you know, who don't get to go and to, who don't mix in our, our circles, but you know when we go to funerals, it's too often we have a couple of trucks turn up. There's dogs with those trucks. Making sure our, our people don't run when they're coming from the inside for funerals. And it's pretty hard for us to watch, to see our brothers and sisters at our funerals. And we, like you just said, Colleen, we've got to do all the hugging. They can't hug us. You know, hugging's a two-way thing, as you all known. It's not a one-way <laughs> yeah. thing. And very unpleasant when you've got, you know, a, a man standing on either side of you and a dog right behind you. Yeah.
10: I'm going home in six months, so can't oh. wait to see my little girl, Amalia. Amalia? Yeah, just, I've had a baby girl, so... Yeah, deadly. Pretty. I hope you know she's she's actually changed me. So, yeah. Before this, I was I was actually working that out there doing um I was a furniture removalist, building boats and stuff. So I was a detailer. Yeah. I just got caught up with the wrong crowd again, and ended up going on the you know wrong path. Yeah. Where I should have stayed on the right path. But um yeah she's she's a beautiful little girl. I love her. You know. Cool. I can't yeah. wait to see her. She. Yeah, only I've met her about three times, but she knows I'm her dad, and you know, it, if I was out of jail, I would be able to be with her, you know, for a, a while. Because me and Shania, my ex-partner, I want to try and work things out with her, you know. So she's been trying to work it out with me for a couple of years now. So you want to you want to be there I to wanna, be
7: your father for years. Daughter, child.
10: yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up without a dad, as you know, uncle, yeah. in and out of group homes and that, so I don't want that for her. Beautiful, yeah. uncle. so what are you going
7: to do different?
10: Get my head on my shoulders and start working again, yep. you know, be there for her, you know, take her to the park, take her to sc- uh, kindergarten and that, so. Yeah, all the normal things. All are, the normal things, like a normal, life, like a normal life, like a normal person has, you know. So mm. I don't want to be in this, you know, criminal activity shit no more. I'm over it on my language. Yeah, I'm just I'm over it now, so
5: I believe there should be a parenting program out here like with with um, DHS where the girls can get um, connected to their kids just through just through our our cultural awareness, but just through Aboriginal people themselves and, and into visits. Like, um, they've, got, they've got something like that here run, but, but it's only two-hour visits, and sometimes they get um, the girls get their hopes up and, 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 and just to get them down by people not, people not coming. So if um, we had it for our community, maybe with Indigenous peoples, because um, we know their cultural awareness is a very big factor for us, and, yeah, maybe they can connect more to their kids. And not just kids that are just, like, six, like um, um, under the age... I mean kids like that are in their 20s, in their, in their teens, there's a lot of girls in here that have got kids in, in their like 15 and if they're over the age then they can't come in so uh, I believe there should be something like that connecting them, you know our organisation out there connecting them to the people and going to pick them up and bringing them in. Because the time they do in here and then they get out and then they don't feel worthy enough to um, contact their kids as it's been that long so then they forget and then they turn to other things and then they never come back so I'm talking from experience sort of, um, Yeah. As an elder to the girls, younger girls in here, and yeah, wish, just wishes or something like that, and more, more um, contact with um, their lives when, when they go from here, and not, not just let them out to the open, you know, and then yeah, they never come back anyway.
7: So pockets,
11: you grew up in Hay? Yeah, yeah, and you got brothers and sisters. Oh yeah, I'm the oldest out of eight of us. Yeah, yeah. What did you do for crust? To farm end before I come here. Yep, yeah. So is you both mum and dad Aboriginal? No, nah, just dad, he's part of the stolen generation. Uh, my grandma was a uh, servant, if that's what you call it. She got shipped over to England and come back and yeah, rest is history apparently. So your
7: dad was taken away?
11: Yeah, yeah he was in like, foster care and all that sort of stuff as well, you know, that's why, yeah.
7: Do you reckon some of that has affected your journey? Yeah, a your brothers and sisters, yeah, a
11: little yeah. bit,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how important is culture to you then, pockets?
11: Oh, when I was out, there wasn't, you know, you didn't really practice it much, you know. But then coming in here, you know, you got time to think, you know, not getting drunk and getting stoned, you know, drying out in here. So you know what's what, you know.
7: Yeah. So being around other men, yeah. And in, in that two years, you've probably seen a lot of men come and go. Yeah. And so, the cultural activities that you, you have here, do you participate in, in all those? Yeah, things?
11: I try to, you know. It's worthwhile, that's for sure. You know? Yeah. Get a lot out of it. What's NADOC Week mean to you? I don't know, just a celebration for everyone coming together and being strong and proud, you know. Like, yeah. We're still here. We're still here.
5: In 2020, 3CR is delivering our Beyond the Bars project differently. We've been speaking to the Indigenous men and women in Victorian prisons over the phone and we'll bring you those chats throughout the week of Monday, July the 6th to Friday, July the 10th. You can also catch up on the audio from the project online at 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars 2020. We want to see our men and women out of the prison system, but while they're still there, we will give them a voice
1: through beyond the bars. Make sure you listen in. You're with Communication Mixdown and this week we're listening to the voices of incarcerated First Nations peoples recorded as part of the 2019 Beyond the Bars special on 3CR. Here's a poem titled One Mob Standing Strong by Casey.
11: One mob standing strong. We have been through a lot. The Aboriginal race. Genocide, murder, kidnapping and rape. We have been through hell and still we survived. A culture is still here, it is still alive. Standing strong, standing proud. Having our say and speaking out loud. Fighting for justice, freedom and speech. Our country, our dreaming, our lands, our seas. Most of all, keeping our culture alive. Dancing and singing around the firelight. Telling stories and teaching to play clapsticks, didgeridoos, weaving baskets and fruit picking too. Speaking and would be to tell over 60,000 years, learning our lingo as well. Gee, what a deadly story that of. Dreaming and Aboriginal history to be told.
1: This section is about the lack of support for people in prison and those leaving prison, and for those who need rehab rather than to be locked up.
10: I'm a billet, so I take care of the unit. I deal, uh, dish out the foods. Yeah, yeah. Um. I clean the unit, uh, take all the rubbish bins and that out. Other fellows, they might be doing like uh, metal work. Um, like there's called factory one, two, and three. So mm-hmm. one's like welding. Um, Grind, angle grinding. Uh, then you've got nuts and bolts, where everyone hates. I'm pretty sure we all hate it. Yeah. Uh, you just screw a nut on a bolt. That's it. Uh, that's, that must be for other
8: companies. yeah. so you. Nah, yeah,
10: that's for the jail. That's oh, for right, Oh, okay. yeah, That's for every jail's got got these factories. So, mm-hmm. Marganite, Loddon, wherever you, whatever prison you go to, they've got nuts and bolts.
8: Do you get paid for
10: it? Yeah. You, How much not, do you get paid? Well, for my lad, well, you get paid. You like, paid six bucks, get, yeah, six bucks a day. Slave labor. Yeah, <laughs> six dollars a day. If you're lucky, you might get overtime, two dollars. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, <does Yes>. it, <laughs>
12: and don't be late, or you yeah. get dogged. Yeah.
8: <laughs> but it's something you can put on your, your you know, on your just cu- curriculum of resume when you walk out of here. No. You know? no.
10: no. No, really. No. no. No,
8: it's
12: not something you'd want
10: to be proud no. of. Not unless you're um doing if you want to get your um, cert one or whatever in um. Welding or MIG welding or something like that. Yep. Then you can take something from it, but other than that, you don't get nothing from it. All you're doing is work for them, and But I'm, there I, are there are
7: program locations where you can. Yeah, you no, know, there's software. the actual
6: TAFE. Here yeah. 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 What is it? Hill TAFE. Hill TAFE. So like you can you can work get on your resume and all that.
5: Yeah.
8: yeah. Okay. Did they skill you, fellas? Up? Or are you doing white cards and getting skills to go work tunnel,
6: on the tunnel? You stuff? have to put it in yourself, like. All the programs are there in the unit. You get a information sheet on what programs you want to do if you want to do them. You can um, get
12: the, the bare basic. Yeah. Like you can do your white card and your first aid, but as as far as like certificates go, you don't get any higher than a cert two. So I,
10: you got to uh, pay for it as well. Yeah, so. I
12: believe it should be better than that. Like like, if he's in here rather than doing dead time, he should be able to do an apprenticeship or something. But they do, they do the bare basics so basically cover their own backsides and if you hurt yourself at least then you've been trained up, trained up in that aspect of the job. But as far as formal qualifications, as I said, Cert 2 is the highest you can get, I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah, like if a bloke's doing three or four years, he should be able to do it an apprenticeship, you know what I mean? Yeah. Leave, leave with the trade. They're all about rehabilitation, we'll be serious about it, you know? Hmm.
8: Yeah. So the forms of study or, you know, in a movie, you'll see how people get a whole law degree under there. Um, it, you, can you do university courses here or is it just the TAFE? Oh, I'm not 100% sure on that. But, yeah, I know that,
12: like... No, there is if, um, if, some... If you did, you, yeah. you'd have to fund it yourself. Yeah. and like, Yeah. Like, when you're earning six bucks a day, it's sort of hard to fund a university degree, you know.
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he's on the right track. Like, if you're working in one program, you can talk to the teachers about getting further education on that, but, again, you have to fund it yourself, which most of the boys in here don't have any family outside to fund it for them or, like...
4: There's just not enough support out there for these ladies and everything. Um, They need a whole lot of stuff being done out there in the community and everything. No-one's standing up. There are only certain mob of people standing up to try and help, and mm-hmm. those people get worn out, and everything else they've got their own families to contend with. But these ladies don't have anything out there mm-hmm. to go to and everything. So yeah, so the government needs to stand up and do a lot more. What I'd like to see at the treaty that no Aboriginal should be homeless. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a major yeah, thing. You know,
3: no Aboriginal in this country, whether it's Victoria, Queensland, wherever around the. Nationwide, no Aboriginal should be homeless in this lucky country of
4: Australia. Like I said, there's a lot of people trying to do stuff, but there's no finance to help with anything. Just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, because, as I said, there's nothing out there to support these ladies. At this stage, I think we've got 80-something. We did have up to 92 a couple of months ago. Housing is a major problem.
3: They can't get remand bail if they haven't got an address. Mm.
4: So the prison is mainly full of remand. I think some of them, coming to prison is like home for them. They know they've got a warm bed to sleep in, food in their tummy, clothing, a roof over their head. That's all they're asking for out there. But um, unfortunately, there's not enough of it out there.
13: I reckon if they
14: uh, stop uh, putting as much money into putting us into jail and, and did other things outside and help us more outside, like, now, if I, when I get out, I've got nowhere to go, I've got nothing, I've got no money in my pocket, of course we're going to resort back to what we know best, and, and that's to make money. If they helped us to get somewhere once we get out or anything, you know, if they put as much effort into sorting all that stuff out for us instead of just going, you know what, throwing back in jail... Yeah, it might help. For me, I get out of here, like, you know, I haven't got... Like Johnny just said, we got, we got what's in our pocket and that's it. Now, the first thing on Coursing. our mind is how we're going to make money to get accommodation, to buy new kicks, new clothes because somebody's gone and taken our shit when we got locked up. You know what I mean? So that's the main stress on our head. Now, if we know we've got somewhere to go, a roof, meals... 50 bucks, that's nothing, you mm. know what I mean? like We can survive off our new start allowance coming out of prison. So that's when drug abuse comes back into play mm. because you, get, you, get, you, get, you, know, you go and get some something that's gonna keep you awake. You don't have to worry about accommodation then, mm. you know what I mean? But then on the come down, you're gonna worry about how you're gonna get back up again. We're doing it to self-medicate because we don't want to deal with reality of, of, of you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're running from something in, in one sense or the other, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So whether it, be, whether it be trauma in your childhood, um, you know what I mean, domestic violence, you know, running away from, from your commitments, whatever, you know what I mean? That's, that's one time you ain't going to think about any of that.
1: This final section is about the treatment of people inside prisons.
14: Yeah, I just try and, you know, keep my head up
0: be proud like always and um, you know just wishing you know that i could be with the family out there and not friends just doing what what we do you know been in like locked up for coming into my 15th year now straight still got you know a few more to go before before me time's up do you
4: think the world's changed out
0: there oh, oh i wouldn't you wouldn't know passed. would you No, but I, you wouldn't know no that's right all I've been told is there's all new freeways and that put up, you
4: know. Yeah. You ever heard of a smartphone?
0: No, I'm not. I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah. I've never even seen a um, a Nintendo Wii or anything like that. You know, I don't even know what an iPad is or. You can go on the internet on
4: your phone. It's crazy uh, stuff.
0: Yeah. No. Nah, like Miani um, came in another week and she had one of them watch. You know, paying the bank and. <laughs> phone and everything on the watch I'm yeah. like sure have... okay Can James
4: Bond or what yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so because you've done 15 mm. years yeah that's here right. or not here but in a facility so the world has changed is locking our people up the most locked up people on the planet by the way is it working Corey
0: no not really it that's that's ridiculous you know like Victoria's the most police state Mm. In Australia, so and that's their motto. Like they are just build another 1,200 bed or something, Ravenhall it's called, in between um, MRC and all that, you know. Mm. And they're planning on build another Use thousand, fund. another thousand bed in between here and Bowen. Like mm.
13: that's
0: just their answer to everything. Just lock everyone up. Like you got people coming in just for pissy little jaywalking charges or you know mm. just like you wouldn't even understand like they, they've never been locked up so they don't even understand what it does to your free will spirit you know mm. like that, they try and break you that's you mm. know that's their job but I, as I say to a few of the boys I'm going you've got a, a little candle a light you know you got to keep that
13: light on at the end of the tunnel to get yourself through. Unfortunately the system has some failings breed resentment amongst us as inmates um, and to some extent even even more so as brothers and th- those failings when there's resentment you don't take heed of the lesson and uh, people tend to turn off switch off push back and uh, get out not remembering the, the big picture the whole point And people tend to come back unfortunately because uh, that, that resentment's bred. And we come in with a... A lot of us come in with a, a degree of resentment to authority or a, a total degree of resentment to authority. So when you're in a system that's authoritarian, it's... Uh, the places where we respect is mutual uh, tend to work a lot better than those where so, certain uh, people in authority seem to think that they wear a badge, they deserve authority, deserve respect because of that authority. And at the end of the day, we're all grown men... And that attitude just doesn't work. So it's uh, it usually makes their job harder, makes our life harder. In uh, the European models, Central Europe, the recidivism rate less than one percent. In Victoria, 89 percent of us come back. 89 percent of those come back. 89 percent of those come back. So it's just a cycling down of returnees. Uh, And we constantly send our managers over to America and England where they freely admit their system's broken, does not work. You can't incarcerate your way out of a problem. Problems need to be dealt with, not simply by punishment. And uh, so me, if I had a magic wand, we should be learning from the systems that work. We should be sending the people in authority that make these decisions to places that work rather than try and industrialise and institutionalise a system for the sake of infrastructure, it's really sad to see that some countries have got the idea, and in Australia, it takes—I haven't seen one idea go through Parliament. It hasn't taken twenty years at least to filter down to the ground level as something practical.
5: So, as a somebody at the, you know, the, the bottom rung of this institution here, do you feel, in any way, that you are being heard? You know, we haven't experience, or you know, perhaps offering feedback.
13: Outside of this forum, Little, we, we're, uh, there's restrictions on our media access. We're not allowed to communicate with the media directly. We're no longer allowed to have any sort of posting online, be it a website, be anything, without permission from the Deputy Commissioner of Corrections Victoria. So uh, we, we're limited in a, in a voice and we're limited in access to who we can communicate with outside of those forums directly and trying to deal with the people directly that make these decisions tends to fall on deaf ears. We're not heard, we're not listened to and if if we are, there's certainly never any acknowledgement of that. No one ever writes back and says, yes, that's a good idea, we're considering it or we have considered it and it's a lousy idea. We, we get none of that. So we essentially without a voice and ironically we're the people that know best what works and what doesn't.
1: Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. We're going out with a song by Sid This is Waiting for Our Love, recorded as part of the Beyond the Bars 2019 series.
15: Time is slowly ticking by I know you just want to cry Every time you leave me here But there will be a day When all of this will pass away And I'll be home, my dear But until then we have to be Waiting for our love Don't ask me when Cause all I can say for our love We are waiting For our love Thinking about the past It all went by so fast Wasn't expected Last but it did And I'm so grateful It started with a kiss Now it's all turned out Like this Something I don't want to miss Now we are Feeling playful But until then We have to be Waiting For our love Don't ask me When Cause all I can see is I'm waiting for our love We are waiting for our